Hey families, your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We are so glad that you are here and want you to know that we're committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and discover a sense of community. And we do so through a variety of ways by connecting you with a team of Christian counselors and offering trauma healing groups throughout the country. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. Now, today I'm excited to welcome to the show a fellow podcast host. He is the host of the Living Numbers podcast. He is a strong believer in Christ and he's doing wonderful things for the kingdom. And so I'm so excited to welcome to the show, Brother Tony Rambles. Thank you for being here with us today, Tony. Hello, thank you, Reverend Jocelyn Jones, for having me on. I am excited. I have to put some respect on your name, so I will do you that. You just drop that respect right there. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> oh, man. And for those of you who are watching or listening right now, you can't see his big smile on his face. He is just like super pumped to be here. So I'm, I'm so excited about that. And thank you for accepting my invitation, Tony. You have quite the testimony and I want you to be able to share that with our audience. So let's start there. Talk about your childhood and what was life like growing up for you? So anybody who's grown up with divorced parents that live in two different states, they may understand where I'm coming from here. So uh, my parents got divorced when I was young. I honestly can't even remember the age, but I always remember myself, my brother, who's a year older than me, and my sister, who's two years younger, being always put in the middle. And so they, I don't even know how they were ever married. So that gives some backstory of the turmoil that was always around whenever they either was on the phone or in person. I've I just never saw it being at the very least cordial. So whenever my dad moved to Texas, which is where I am now, because we're all from Detroit, Michigan, there was always this back and forth. So my sister was up there and then my brother and I were down here. And it was like, well, if somebody's coming up, somebody's going down, we got to swap. And so just always being in the middle of that, it was such a, a difficult time because I always wanted to be with my dad, but that wasn't always the situation. And then at one point in high school, this is by this time I had been back and forth to Houston twice. And um, my dad came up for the summertime just to come get me and my brother. And we left. I left out the house saying, oh, you know, I'm going to visit some friends, going to hang out. I was actually going to see my dad, which I did not tell my mother. And we hung out, had a great time, went over to my girlfriend's house. And I got back early evening, still light outside. And I went to the restroom, but my girlfriend called while I was there and my brother answered the phone. And she goes, hey, seen your dad today. He was cool. And so now my brother squeals on me, squeals like a pig. Oh, hey, mom, Anthony was with dad today. They went over to Bianca's house. And so now I come out the restroom and there she is with the tapping foot. You know what that foot looks like? She's foot tapping. About the tapping foot. Oh no! Where were you today? Ah, uh, you know, hanging out, <laughs> trying to give a vague answer. Oh, you saw your dad today. And so from there, the fallout happens, and it was like, I don't know why you want to be with his sorry behind. You know, I don't know if anybody 
has experienced a, a mom talking about a dad that way, but all of the stuff in the book, it was coming out. To me, at the time, I'm 14, I think, ninth grade. And so she goes, all right, you want to be with him? Call him right now. Tell him to come get you. Don't take nothing I ever bought you. So I had this trash bag with like a few things. It, it felt like a, a cartoon. You know how they have the bag on the stick and it's over their shoulder and they're walking down the street. Oh, man. That was me. Called my dad, came and got me. And I guess the God part that I didn't know, only hindsight was able to give me this kind of thought process was I was never angry at her. I knew that it wasn't me she was angry with. It was him. It was a situation. She was probably hurt that I was a daddy's boy. I wanted to be with my pops. And for her, that was difficult to, to, to deal with, to understand, to process. And so she lashed out, much like this is a different story for a different day, but my grandmother, her mom, used to do to her and did to us. So the saying is hurt people, hurt people. So it was just coming back around to me. So very early on, I was understanding of that, even though like it was a difficult situation for me. But even when we got back down and she called me from, from Detroit and she's apologizing, like I didn't mean it in there. I was just like, it's, it's okay. There was, there was no ill will towards her, but the deed had been done, right? Sometimes the consequences are still the consequences, even though you're sorry for what you did. So. Right. Right. That's really mature. I, I, and I know you said, you know, it was God moving in your life to be able to have that perspective. But as you got older, were there some still wounds there that you had to deal with that you might not have recognized until later? Or were you really okay with the situation at that age? Yeah, I was really okay with it. I think because I had seen so many issues from them, I kind of knew like, this isn't even about me. Like it's about their relationship again. And I'm just caught in the middle again. But this time, you know, was a big change because I never moved back to Detroit after that. You know, I was down here, here for good. And my mom and I's relationship got much better when I accepted Christ and started kind of really walking that way. We were always like, fine, you know, but when that happened, I knew that she was one of those people that was on that path. Like she was a churchgoer and she believed in serving and all of that stuff. Even though, you know, we're not perfect, doesn't always look that way. But I knew that's where her heart was. So when I accepted Christ, I began to dive into the scripture with my mom and our relationship grew to a, a different level. And that's actually something that I never had with my dad. So, you know, it kind of, I guess, worked out in a different way. Oh, that's amazing that God was able to work in your relationship once you accepted the Lord into your life. And how did your life transform as a result of you developing that relationship with God? So one of the first things that happened and my brother and I, we kind of, he started first. This is a different brother, stepbrother. And he accepted Christ first. And this, this is funny. This was 2010 and we were supposed to go to a Wiz Khalifa concert. We had gotten dates. I mean, this had been planned for a while, like months. And so I think it was going to be on a Saturday night. I was in college and I call him up. I'm like, all right, man, let's go. Concert. We both, everybody got their dates. We're good. It was me, him, and a friend of ours from high school. It was going to be all six of us if we all had dates, which we did. And when I talked to him, he was like, we're not going. I'm like, are you serious? What, what do you mean you're not going? We've been planning this. 
And so him and our friend had started their walk with Christ. And so they didn't feel like that was the thing for them to do at the time. Like they were kind of moving away, away from that. And for me, that didn't happen yet. I'm like, so I'm not going to the concert. I'm not going to go by myself. So we, none of us went. I ended up selling my ticket to a, a homeboy at, at the school. And so me and my girlfriend, now wife, we just went out on a date. But one of the big, big things was music. That was one of the huge things for me and us as our lives kind of started to change. We started to walk with Christ. Like I deleted so much music off of my phone, off of my laptop um, because of the language, right? And so the words, that man, that's a huge thing for me, a big change because like cursing and then uh, self-talk and then talking about other people, that's something that's really, really touchy for me because, because now, you know, when you talk about the scripture and life and death and the power of the tongue, you know, what comes out of man's mouth is what's in his heart, you know? So all of these things are all talking about your speech. So that was a huge, huge piece for me is what's going in and then what's coming out. So from there, you know, I started to listen to more, you know, gospel, more Christian music. I was going back to those Fred Hammond albums that my mom was playing, you know, when I was growing up, you know? So I started to really turn that part of my life around and it really helps. Like sometimes we don't know where to look to help us get to that next step. And so you always need to read more of the Bible, but sometimes it's, okay, do I need to go to a Bible study to get around other people? Or do I need to listen to more Christian music because I love music so much, but I, so I can't just stop listening to music. You got to change it and start to get something else that's good coming in because something is coming in. We're going to find a way. That's just who we are. It's human nature. We're going to bring some stuff in. So you just try to replace it with good stuff so that now you got that alternative and it helps to build the lifestyle that you want to live instead of, you know, the, the soil with the thorns. You're trying to live this way, but then you start listening to this music and it gets you feeling a certain way. And now you're doing the stuff that you don't want to do, like Paul was saying. So, uh, yeah, that was a big part for me. And then the other part is uh, my relationship with women. Right. So I was one of those people that was I was out there. I thought that I was trying to do it the right way because it was like, well, I'm not going to like be with somebody unless, you know, we are together, like we're dating, like we're in a relationship. And that sounds cool, I guess, to the unchurched or the unbible trained. But really, the right way is you can't be with that person at all. Not in that way, not have sex, you know, if I, if I can. Yeah. Like to me in my mind, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was good. But you look in the Bible, you start to, again, retrain, start to learn some of that good stuff and get some of that bad stuff out. You're like, oh, like I was trying to do good, but what I thought was good wasn't good. It wasn't not good enough. You know? So I had went through a couple of relationships where that was still a struggle for me, even with my now wife who uh, never had sex with anyone until we were married. So thank God for her being preserved. But that was a thing that was um, a struggle. But God sustained us even through dating uh, to be able to, to hold that and cherish it. And so now I think we're not, I think, but I know we were better off for it. It does. That's how life works. But I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The process that God has taken you through as it relates to renewing your mind and purging some of your old ways and how you met your beautiful wife. Hey, family. 
I needed to interrupt today's broadcast to let you know about a resource that I'm super excited about. If you feel called to ministry, whether you desire to be a Christian life coach, or maybe you want to start a Christian grief support group, or maybe have an online membership community, whatever your calling is, I created a ministry launch guide just for you to help you get started. This guide provides the ultimate checklist of the things that you need to consider when you're first getting your ministry off the ground. I wish I had something like this when I was just getting started in ministry, but it's all here for you for free. So be sure that you download your ministry launch guide by clicking on the link in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the show. I would love for you to share just some of your perspective around the process of letting go of certain things from your past. That's one of the themes that we jump into with our show around healing, but also releasing certain things that might be keeping us in bondage, strongholds that might have developed that we're not even aware of from things that took place in our childhood. So as you've worked with people in ministry, maybe provided counsel to a fellow brother or sister, what advice have you offered them as it relates to releasing things from their past? Forgiveness is not a one-stop shop. It's kind of like a, a shop you have to go to every day as much as you need to go to. So um, I'll use this kind of parallel, but bananas, they go bad very quickly. And uh, you can also eat them very quickly. But if you need to keep buying bananas, you got to keep buying them. There is no like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to put it in the pantry or put it in the fridge and preserve it. No, like I have to keep going back to that place if I still want that. So for forgiveness, when somebody wrongs you, like in a very deep way, and I have a story, uh, this is, I had come to Christ already. We've been, I think I had, was about to get married. This was 2013. And I was working, uh, selling eyeglasses. And my dad, who I was pretty close with, he wanted me to come work with him. So I left my job, went to go work with my dad. We sold some cars. I mean, he had his own business and we were really trying to get things up and running. I started working with him and then him and my brother got into it. Something that had nothing to do with me. But because I didn't take my brother's side, my dad was now angry at me, basically didn't give me any more work. And then he took his car away after I sold my cars to help with the business. So this is me, newly married, just got out of college. My wife is still in college. I didn't have a job or vehicle. Now, in Houston, you have to have a car. There is no way to get around just being out in the suburbs, okay? And I was in this spot where, now at this point, I had been going to church probably for like two or three years now. And I had to go back to that well of forgiveness every single day because I knew it was the right thing to do but that didn't mean the feelings weren't there. So I was upset with my dad for a while. It wasn't like this thing that happened with my mom. It wasn't like that. I'm like, you screwed me over. I just got married. Like, I don't have a car or a job. Like, what do we, is this what we're doing? Is this how you're gonna treat me? And I always felt like I was the good son. Like I wasn't the one that was out doing stuff bad and cussing and talking, like kind of just got good grades, went to work, did the best that I could, tried to figure things out, you know, but, for him to do that to me, it was very hurtful, right? I had always tried to have my dad's back in that way. And I guess I always been like that, even as a kid. And so I had to keep going to that forgiveness every single day. Lord, help me to forgive him today. Today, that's all I got right now. 
I'm feeling this way and I'm honest. This is me talking to God. I'm honest with him. Like, this sucks. I really don't like him right now. He did this to me and I didn't deserve it, but I know you know what's best and I forgive him today, you know, and you have to, you have to. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things because when you feel like people hurt you, especially if you didn't do anything to deserve it, you're like, all right, God, I need you to get them. I'm your child. I'm chosen. I need you to do something about this. <laughs> get your child, Lord. Get your child. That's so yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's one of those things. It doesn't matter how mature you are in your faith. When someone hurts you deeply, it takes time to work through consistently. And I appreciate you saying, help me, God, today. I can't even worry about how I'm going to feel tomorrow. In this moment, help me, Lord, to forgive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give us this day our daily bread. He don't talk about bread for tomorrow or the next week, right? We just, let's deal with today. It's enough going on today, especially mm -hmm. in this world that we live in. Let's figure today out, Lord, and then we'll talk about tomorrow if you, if you allow me to get there. Absolutely. Now, that's good. I think forgiveness is just a crucial part in the process of healing from old wounds. Outside of forgiveness, is there any other practices that you put in place to help you to heal or to release certain bags from your past? I think just being consistent in your word, because when these things from your past pop up, right, I keep talking about putting stuff in so you can put good stuff out. Man, being consistent about reading your word and knowing your word is so important because like the word says, we will have troubles. They will come. There's no getting around them. No matter how saved you think you are, no matter how righteous you think you live, the trouble is going to happen, right? That's just the world that we live in. That's how God has allowed it to be. So continuing to put that good stuff in as much as you can. And so that kind of looks like different ways. Like I said before, sometimes that's that is just you by yourself in your reading and your scripture and your studying. But in a different season, that may look like, dang, like it's not really hitting the same way. Maybe I need to do it a different way. Maybe I do need to go to Bible study and hear it from somebody else. Maybe I do need to listen to sermons and get it that way. Finding a way to continue to get that scripture in, I think is always going to be the best way for you to keep putting good things out and making that a routine. Like right now it's the Bible app. And I've never been like, um, I like to do it like with the, with the physical book. You know, I got a Bible with, with the writing and the highlighting and the ripped pages, all of that stuff. But now in this season, I've been on, on the Bible app where it gives you the scripture and then somebody comes on the video and they talk about some good stuff. And then there's like a prayer piece so just finding different ways to continue to get that word in you. Of course, a lot of the music comes directly from scripture. I know Maverick City is one of my absolute favorites. I sing a lot of their songs at church, but a lot of their stuff is directly scripture. Like you can go and reference it right away. So still getting it in however many ways. It's like getting that balanced diet. However you can get it, keep putting that stuff in there so that you can keep bringing good stuff out because it's going to come out. And if you can't, if it's only bad that you're putting in, you're going to have some bad coming out, whether you like it or not. Just like our physical body is going to come out. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's helpful, Tony. So you are a podcast host. Tell us a little bit about your show and uh, the work you're doing for the kingdom. So my show, the living numbers podcast, I bring on other experts, if you will. And a lot like this, we just talk about their story and how they've 
overcome, what they do, the things that they've had to, their practices, they've had to put in place. Just like we're talking about scripture, anybody who's a business owner that's transitioned into going into an executive role or had to, you know, um, be married multiple times, you know, there's all these different transitions we go through in life. So I just honestly like to talk about those transitions and figure out, wow, how did you get from working at Chase Bank to move into China to teach English? That's actually my story. So when people have these transitions, I love to talk about those things. So that's what my show is about. And so you get value from their stories and the things that they've had to do in order to be the best that they can be and move through life and try to figure things out because that's really what we're all trying to do. Yeah, that's real, Tony. I appreciate that. And I think everyone who's listening, especially if you're going through a transition, you want to make sure that you check out his podcast. So where can people find out more about you, Tony? People can find out mostly everything that I do is going to be on my Instagram. And that's at the Living Numbers Podcast. I do share clips from my show, but I also share stuff about my life. So you'll see my son and my wife on there, you know, me playing softball and anything else. You know, all of it is clean. So I know the type of show that we're on. You won't see anything that's going to test you in that kind of way. So uh, if you are uh, a big uh, proponent of this show, I think the stuff that you see on mine, you'll be glad to see those things too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tony, for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate you. God bless you and your work and your ministry. Continue to help save lives and bring people to Christ. You too, Reverend. Jocelyn Jones, thank you for allowing me the space and the opportunity to share the stories and uh, just help others to see the Lord the way we do. Amen. Thank you, Tony. And thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of Faith on the Journey. I hope that you enjoyed it just as much as I did. And if you did enjoy today's episode, you know I'm going to ask you to leave a review. I read every single review that is left for my show. And so I would appreciate it if you take a moment to drop a note. Let me know how you've appreciated this community that helps us to reach more people. Also, if you are interested in connecting with a Christian counselor or learning about our trauma healing groups and trainings, visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. So that's it for this week, family. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, you stay encouraged and you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family. Mm -hmm.